Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and we are back for another post-game show and another victory post-game show. The Steelers find a way to win 19-16 to over the Atlanta Falcons in Week 13. Back-to-back wins, back-to-back road games, back-to-back dome games. Holy cow. Sets up a really pivotal game against the Baltimore Ravens coming up in Week 14. But we're not putting the cart before the horse. We have a lot to talk about this game. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? How's it going? It is going, Jeff. I am so glad that the Steelers fired Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada at the bye week because they could never win another game with them. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going there. But no, I am so glad that the Steelers did what I said they could do to stick around, go three and one in the third quarter. That's what they did by finishing this one off today. Hello? <laughs> All right, Brian Davis. What's going on, Brian? Oh, man, I am elated, Uh-oh. not deflated this week, so that's always a good thing. And I want to channel my inner, I believe it was Nick Nolte in Point Break, when he says, Utah, give me two. And guess what? Kenny Pickett just gave you two in a row. Good point and good movie reference. Point Break, awesome <laughs> movie. Um, okay, not my favorite Nick Nolte movie. That's actually Blue Chips, by the way, but still, that's not a hand oh, there. Blue- the acting debut of shaquille o'neal goodness gracious and penny hardaway i believe is in that movie as well how's it not cape fear 
Nah, okay, sorry. Okay, the Steelers <laughs> win 1916, and whether we the Steelers win or lose, we always go into the post game show the same way, and that is knee jerk reaction. It's an article we run on behindthesteelcurtain.com. It's live right now if you want to check it out. Big Bro Sco always does that article for us if he's available. Dave, we watched the game together. I kind of know what your thoughts were, but still tell everyone else what your knee jerk reaction was. Ooh, knee-jerk reaction was they did what they needed to do to get done. Made me very nervous there in the second half. The Steelers need to find a way to get their touchdown-to-field-goal ratios on scoring drives better in the right direction, and this would have been put away sooner. But I also like how they played things out at the end when it all came. Some people were like, you know, what do you do on that last play, run versus pass? I even like the idea of rolling out your quarterback because he's mobile. He did stumble, which kind of hurt some things there. Um, And I like the decision to punt and pin them deep because Jeff kept pointing out to me where I was screwing up stuff. Jeff's like, this is a running team they're going against. They're not built to move the ball quickly down the field at the end of the game. And I said, Jeff, you are exactly right. Kudos to you, Jeff. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't even be shocked if the Steelers turn, you know, come out of there and get a takeaway because Mariota has to try to throw the ball down the field. And we got it. I'm just, I'm happy because the Steelers have now put themselves in a place to where next week's game is relevant. Next week's yeah. game is relevant, and that's what makes me happy. Yeah, when Dave said that, Jeff, you were right. I actually said, hold on, let me get my phone out so I can, <laughs> can you please say that one more time. Jeff, you were, <laughs> you were right. You were spot on there. You're like, because I'm like, oh, I could see them taking the timeouts after the two-minute warning because if you get a third and long and it's right before the two-minute warning, you give the team the option to pass. And I'm like, but Jeff's like, this team isn't meant to, to move down the, the field in two minutes. I'm like, you're, you're, no, you're right, Jeff. They should have they used their timeout sooner. Brian, what's your knee-jerk reaction? Well, they did what they had to do to win, and they did it, and they got it done, and kudos. But I kind of feel like Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. I'm trying to do the triple Lindy. Then I pull a Greg Luganis instead, and I hit my head on the back of the uh, diving board. I go into the water. I poop my pants. I come up just in time to take a bow. Slink away. Nobody knows. Nobody's the wiser. I don't feel great about it, but I cover it up and I take the W. All right. That is that is a unique <laughs> way of describing this game. Uh, for me, the knee-jerk reaction is the third quarter. Uh, the Steelers had been absolutely dreadful coming out of the break on both offense and defense, and the Steelers... They they did enough, and the defense, I, I'm trying to think. I don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of points surrendered in the third. They gave up a touchdown in the third quarter at the very end of the quarter, but still, I liked how the offense was able to add points, something they didn't haven't done a lot of this year. Uh, but on top of that, I, I really liked how the Steelers were able to move the ball. Dave, you, did, you hit the nail on the head when you said they need to score more touchdowns. There was a time when we would have killed for 19 points and and have that many scoring opportunities yeah. with Presley Harvin only punting the ball twice in a game. Uh, so when you think about it from that context, it's 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 a weird game. This was a strange game, but the Steelers find a way to. But come there's out. always something to get better. Sure, absolutely. They're not perfect. No way, no way are they perfect. Okay, we're gonna break this game down like we always do. We start on the offensive side of the ball and we talk position by position. No position is more important than the quarterback. And Kenneth Shane Pickett, KP8. Kenny Pickett, as some call him, it's 16 of 28, 197, seven-yard average, one touchdown, no interceptions, was not sacked, 
a 90.9 rating. I'll say this. The interceptions remain at the goose egg, and that rating just keeps creeping up. So I, I like that. But still, what do you all think about uh, Kenny Pickett? We'll start with you, Dave. Once again, I think he's making good decisions. He's not always right there. You had the the possible touchdown pass to Matt to sorry Pat Fairmuth that was a little bit too high. You had the possible touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson that was a little bit too short. You had another one. I said to you that was it, it was a pass to uh, to Fairmuth in the first half that was at his feet. I, I said to you that I, I felt like Pickett threw it away to, at his feet on purpose because he went to throw the ball and Frermuth wasn't look like he was anywhere close to ready to look at him yet. So I don't know if that was intentional or not. I just thought that was a possibility. So you still have passes in there and you still have some plays in there. Um, the, the, uh, the RPO that he decided to keep, he should have handed off, but there's going to be plays in there that you're not going to do everything perfect. Um, Defenders don't don't make a perfect tackle every play. Offensive linemen don't make a perfect block every play. Wide receivers don't run perfect routes every play. Kenny Pickett's not gonna gonna make perfect plays every play. I just want to see the the decision making and the processing continue to improve. And I think that I I don't know that he took a big step forward from last week, but I don't feel that he took a step back or anything in that way. So he's continuing to do what he needs to do. All right, Brian, what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett? Well, first and foremost, I'm not going to play the rookie card like I kind of do every single week, and a lot of people do. But what I'm going to say is he did some stuff today that made me continue to feel that this is getting better. and It's going to continue to improve. The game is slowing down for him, and Kenny Pickett is getting to the point where he's knowing how to manage this game. Now, I'm not saying he's a game manager. He knows how to manage this team. He did something today, very late in that game, and it was simple. It was just not running out of bounds when he could have. You know, he made sure he did not get out of bounds. The clock kept rolling, and that was a big part of this game. So, I mean, I think he is figuring it out. If he is doing, if he's playing this way next season, this is when that's when you worry. But you expect somebody to take that leap between week one and week two, and you could really see it happening. We're not talking about him throwing interceptions, and we're not making. The claim that, well, at least he's getting those interceptions out of his system. They might be out of his system already. I knock on wood. But all I'm going to say about it is when you go four games and the last time that he threw an interception was the day before Halloween, you're going to take it. It's hard to believe it. It's It's been a while and the Steelers have not turned the ball over. Thanks. Thanks to Deontay Johnson's fumble being overturned, but they have not turned the ball over. We'll get to Deontay Johnson. Trust me. Uh, But they haven't turned the ball over since their bye week. It's incredible. And when you think about the interceptions, uh, I think Kenny Pickett's arrow is definitely still pointing up. And like Mike Tomlin, I I loved how he put it. It wasn't this week. It was last week. Uh, It's hard for me to remember where he said, would, is it happening as quickly as we'd all like? No, but he is still improving. He is still progressing. And I think that Kenny Pickett is starting to get a little bit comfortable here. And that's a good thing. Yeah. When he drops back to pass, there was a time right around that Miami game where you thought, oh boy, here we go. Like when you saw Kenny Pickett trying to drive the ball down the field, I I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like he's reading defenses better. I feel like he's getting on the same page with his 
with his pass catchers. And I think the offense with their running game starting to really find their footing. I, I, I like the way that the offense and Kenny Pickett is trending. So for me personally, I like where Kenny Pickett is heading. Is there still stuff to clean up? Absolutely. There's stuff to clean up. Dave mentioned the underthrown pass to Deontay Johnson, the overthrow pass to Pat Fryermuth. He also had some really nice throws that pass to Connor Hayward was right on the money yep. and a great catch by Connor Hayward as a touchdown. Um, and there's just some plays where he makes where man, that was a really good throw. The throw to Steven Sims was unbelievably impressive. He just couldn't bring it down for the first down early in the game. Have a couple super chats here. We're going to get those on the screen. Justin Gall gives us four ninety nine. He said game balls, Matt Canada and Matthew Wright. I I've, I've got to be honest, Matthew Wright for sure. We'll get to the special well, teams, but Matt Canada, everyone loves mm-hmm. to bash the hell out of this guy. I was not upset with the play calling today. And we can talk about him now since there's a break and that someone decided to give us five bucks, which we thank you very much. Dave, what were your thoughts on the play calling while he brought it up? Okay, well, one thing I was going to say about, I know we'll get to Matthew Wright. The other good thing about Matthew Wright was the kickoffs. Okay, so we got to make sure we talk about that as well. So it was more than just the field goals. With Matt Canada, once again, no, I I didn't have any problem. Now, when the Steelers, the only play that I can think of that I did not like was when the Steelers got into the red zone, got backed up with penalties, and it was like, and it was first down and long. And it was what, like a first and 20. And they were, came out in an obvious running formation with, with their personnel and just ran the ball right up in the middle for two yards. That's probably the only one that bothered me because I'm like, you've got to get 20 yards and three downs because you don't want to just settle for a field goal here. That seemed a little bit more of a settle for a field goal. That's the only one that I didn't wasn't a big fan of. Otherwise, you know, I, I don't really have a problem with anything. And you said it during the game. Everyone's so sure that Matt Canada is out of town. I mean, just just look at even the last four weeks. It hasn't been perfect, but it's been improved. And there's still five games to go. Yeah. It's it, I'm, I, I'm not going to complain if Matt Canada is still around because he's doing a great job. I, I have no problem with Matt Canada. I just want him to do a good job. Brian, what are your thoughts on the play calling in Matt Canada? Well, it definitely wasn't a dumpster fire, so we'll take that. It was the equivalent of a couple uh, pieces of paper crumbled up in the uh, little wastebasket next to your desk. So not too bad. You know, I'm not one to give this guy too much credit. I'll give him credit today. But what nope. didn't you like? What, what I love, I'll stop for a second. What didn't you like? I mean, I'm just curious because obviously Dave said he liked it. You didn't like it, but what didn't you like? Oh, I, I didn't say I didn't say that I didn't like it. I just said, you know, it was there was still a couple wadded up pieces of paper is all I'm saying. Okay. I, I agree with you. I, I agree with Dave. I didn't like that one play call. Um, there's a few play calls that make me scratch my head, made me feel like Atlanta knew it was coming, but it was a lot less than before. No, and I wasn't saying that you said it was yeah. bad. I was just curious. I, I didn't know if you weren't happy with it. For me, when anymore, and this is a, this is still like arrows pointing in the right direction for a play caller. When Matt Canada really looks like he doesn't know what's going on is when the Steelers go off schedule. So a penalty, a sack where they lose seven yards, and now all of a sudden they're in a second and 17. That's when you see these these play calls where you're thinking, what in the world is going on? When they stayed on schedule in this game, you can go back to Indy, same thing. They, they they pretty much they ran the ball and that's what Matt Canada wants to do. And they 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 got they, I think he did a good job. So we'll put it that way. 
Tom here gives us $5, a dollar for every win. They keep improving across the board. Perfect. No, good enough to win. Yes. Let's mm -hmm. keep growing and winning. Here we go, Steelers. Thank you, Tom. He did it last week, too. He did it last yeah. week, too. We got $4 from him last week. There you go. <laughs> Steel Dog uh, 88 gives us $5. He's, do you think Tomlin needs to sit down Pickens and have a talk? His body language is starting to become annoying, seeming he's the only player out there. Okay, let's talk about the pass catchers next. Since you bring up George Pickens, uh, let's see here. Pat, the receiving. Pat Fryermuth leads with 76 yards receiving the longest play of the day, 57 yards. That catch and run was impressive. He was targeted five times. Deontay Johnson was targeted 11 times, had five catches, 60 yards. Uh, you have Connor Hayward had one catch. Jalen Warren had two. Benny Snell won. A slew of others had one, but George Pickens was only targeted two times, had one catch for two yards. Uh, let's start with uh, Dave. What, what did you think about the pass catchers and, in particular, Steel Dog 88's tipped question, George Pickens? Go ahead. He was back in Georgia. It was kind of one of those things I think he was really anticipating, and he just felt like he wasn't getting his opportunities. Um, so I could understand his frustrations because he thinks he can make the catch even when he's not as open as what other people are. And he can. We have seen it from George Pickens. I get it. But once again, I'm giving Jeff – I hope I'm not taking all of Jeff's words. I'm giving Jeff the credit <laughs> when he says these things. Jeff said, you know, but it's when Kenny Pickett was throwing those passes – when Pickens was still had people on him, but was trying to get it in there is when he was throwing interceptions, not necessarily to Pickens, but when receivers were, were that kind of open. So that might be part of it getting there. Um, I, this was probably one that Pickens wanted more than anything because of where they were playing. And it just didn't happen. I think they were, every time I saw, saw Pickens, it looked like, they were they he had a guy on him and a guy over the top. Now I couldn't see the all 22. I mentioned at least once to Jeff during the game that I said, I wish I could see the view, but it looks like there's someone on him and someone over the top that he was the guy they were trying to take away in that game. I think they were putting uh Terrell on Deontay Johnson one-on-one, their good cornerback, and then they were doing the help with George Pickens. Brian, what are your thoughts on the pass catchers, i.e. George Pickens as well? Well, let's start with the pass catchers because I've got a whole lot to say about the whole Pickens thing. You know, I'm still underwhelmed by Deontay Johnson and 11 passes to this guy is way too much. However, when Mike Tomlin is going to be asked about this and he's going to be, uh, we talked offline and either Jeff or Dave said that, you know, it was cowardice for nobody to to uh, ask Tomlin about it. Tomlin was probably just going to give him the runaround on it anyways. And he was going to say this, well, we run and we, we take what is given to us. And I hate that. I think you try, I don't say you force it to Pickens, but I say you try to get imaginative to get this guy open. As far as the other guys, Pat Fryermuth looked pretty good. I love the Connor Hayward thing. Uh, if you're a number one, if you're supposed to be the number one receiver, and we know De Deontay Johnson is really a number two, but if you're only getting six of 11, is that correct? Or was it five of 11? Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think it was five. Five, five of, 11. of 11. Yes. So what's that? That's usually percent? a bad recipe. Jeffrey Benedict talks about this a lot about Deontay Johnson's targets being high is usually not a good recipe for the offense. 
Yeah, so 45% or whatever that is to the exact number, I don't know. That's just not really good at all. I I, I think that Kenny Pickens and the receivers are working together well. Now let's get back to Pickens real quick. Should Mike Tomlin sit him down? I I think it doesn't hurt to just have a hey buddy conversation. Hey, come here. Do you you got a minute? And just explain, hey, you're our number one guy. And I realize that there's a lot of 14s in the audience here. There's a lot of people out here to see you and you want to shine. You definitely do. But we've got to, I mean, we got to think of 11 and not just one. And that's something that you can't continue to do. You can't be yelling at coaches. You can't be upset and mad about not getting the ball. You were going to get plenty of WR1 balls, but it just didn't happen today. And I know you wanted it to happen in your hometown. It's kind of like the Montreal screw job, which we just celebrated the 25th anniversary of. Bret Hart did not want to lose the title in Montreal. <laughs> And Vince McMahon and uh, Shawn Michaels kind of screwed him. And that's been a whole big thing. Yeah, this guy wanted to shine in the Peach State, where where his home is, where he played college football, and it just didn't happen. And it's sticking in his craw. But Mike Tomlin, who is a very good player's coach, as far as having those conversations with him, conversation will go a long way. So the pass catchers, uh, you know, with Pickens – he he's got that he's got that chip on his shoulder and that he wants the football like Dave said and Brian said it as well that no matter what hey if I'm covered it doesn't matter I'm open I'm always open I'm like 711 I'm always open but the thing is I'm not about to have George Pickens behavior off like you know on the sidelines or him being visibly upset deterring the fact that I am getting really sick and tired of Deontay Johnson Deontay <laughs> Johnson's continual mistakes drop passes, almost a fumble. Uh, and thankfully he learned a little bit from the issue last week where he caught the pass, could have gone North and South, gotten the first down instead, ran backwards, lost three yards. He learned from that and did more of the catch the ball, go North and get the first down. It's just infuriating to watch this guy, the false start again, that's the big false one. start. Yep. I mean, these are the hmm. self-inflicted wounds that I'm sorry, I'm going to lean on people like KT Smith, who does the show with Brian every Friday, the Here We Go Steelers show. It's on our audio-only side, so if you need to go check us out there, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. And Kevin talked about how receivers that continually jump off sides are ill-prepared and they're not focused on the basics, the fundamentals, on your, you know, the, the, the screws, as they call it. So that that's bothersome for me. I'll take George Pickens wanting the football, because George Pickens rarely has those brain farts that Deontay Johnson does, who is a veteran. I'm sorry. I'm really, I've grown tired of this over and over again. This isn't an attitude thing. This isn't a, he said this in the media thing. This is a flat out production or lack thereof thing. In my opinion. Yes. Brian said it. Deontay Johnson is a WR two, not a WR one, but then that's that's where the, the whole system would have to shift. And I don't know if they're willing to do that, at least not this offseason. So there you go. Any other comments about the pass catchers, Dave or Brian? No, I'm glad you mentioned the penalty about with Deontay because that, yeah. that one set off, that put them behind the chains deep. I mean, were they in the red zone at the time and it moved them out? Something, it was one, one of that. They weren't, they were on the cusp, we'll put it that way. But that one, that one basically may have cost the – Put things in motion that cost the Steelers four points. Yeah. I'm not Brian. saying that specifically did, but that one, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. 
I, I know we're all weary of having another AB on our hands in Pittsburgh. And that's really not, I, I have no problem with George Pickens winning at the ball. I still think a little, a little conversation does not hurt, but I'd rather have his passion than what I feel like is complete negative negativity by Deontay Johnson. He's still, it's, he got 18 million and I don't have a problem with that. I I still don't have a problem with them signing him at the time. That was the right thing to do, but he has fans on top of him. He's making comments like, hey, you're all going to come watch anyways. He is so negative. His, his mind is out the door, even though he got yeah. the money. And being complacent is a lot worse than wanting the damn ball. I want to get the super chat here. Uh, Crystal Privet gives us $2, says Muth was hot, and they got away from him too soon. Najee, too, as in as well. You know, that's interesting. Uh, what was the time possession, Dave, in the second half? Do you have that number? Because the Falcons ran the ball right down the Steelers' throats. And we're not talking about the defense yet, but they they controlled the clock. Of, uh, unless that last drive the Steelers had kind of even things out. Do you have that, Dave? The no. Falcons had the advantage of the second half, 1609 to 1351. So it was two minutes and 18 second advantage. Okay. All right. So and we do have another super chat that was in there that you missed. Oh, shnikes. I missed it. I yeah. got it here. Todd Williams gave us a dollar 99 and I have his next comment. Anyway, go ready it. to go. Yeah. Um, or I did have it. Where'd it go? There it goes. He just said, hello, fellas. Appreciate all you do. Question. Do we throw the ball over the middle? Yeah. They, they threw the ball over the middle yeah. today. Uh, Deontay yeah. Johnson had a couple catches over the middle on rub routes where they was able to one. He dropped. I'm not going to mm-hmm. bring that up again. Uh, but uh, yeah, where they, uh, they they do throw the ball over the middle. Not a lot, but they do throw the ball. It's gotten better. Monster gives us a <laughs> monster. 19 gives us a dollar 99 says, woo. We're, we're going streaking. Dave, bring your hat. He's referring to old school. That's right. Snoop-a-loop. Oh, I love it. Snoop a loop. I tell you what I, you know, Monster's my favorite because he looks like the happiest guy. Can we invite him? I don't know what state he's in, but I want to watch a game with him because he just seems like he's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm hanging out with Monster Night. There you go. There you go. So the Steelers threw for 197, but the their bread and butter and what's become their bread and butter is their running game. And the Steelers ran the ball very well in this game. 154, 154 yards, 37 rushes, a 4.2 average. They didn't score a touchdown. It only had a long run of 14. That tells you how they kind of grinded this game out. Najee Harris is Najee Harris finishes 17 of 86 a 5.1 yard average. I'm sure someone's going to still say he's blind and has horrible vision. Benny Snell, six for 24, four yard average. Steven Sims, jet sweeps, three for 19. Kenny Pickett, seven for 14. And then they had a couple uh, sprinkled in there at the end. Uh, Dave, what did you think about the running game? It's what they've been doing and it's what they need to do. And they continue to move the ball. They, they did not completely run the clock out running the ball, but they put themselves in a good situation, being able to run the ball and sprinkle in that pass to Deontay Johnson um, there, there at the end. When you got down to it and you knew they had to run it because of the way the clock was going, it made it a little bit more difficult. But all in all, I mean, how, how can you not be happy with another um, 154 yards? But the other one, I like, believe it or not, the 37 carries just goes to show that they are going to stick with it. And I want them to stick with it, but the game has also played out in a way that they can. And that's been really nice and a a positive thing for the Steelers is that they can continue to stick with the run game based on the game situations. 
Before I throw it over to Brian, I do want to mention that uh, Najee Harris did have six yards receiving. So if you're adding it up, he finished with 92 total yards. A really good game, I thought, for Najee Harris. But Brian, go ahead. What do you think about the running game? What a difference 35 days make. Because right after that Philadelphia game, all we wanted to talk about is how sick we were of Najee dancing and not being right. And this running game was a complete mess. And now, 35 days later, here we are saying... This is exactly what we were praying for all season long. This is what we wanted from the beginning. This is what we're getting. Major, major props to the five. And I'm going to just quote. I'm going to quote Mike Tomlin on this. The five big boys up front. And that's what he said. The big boys up front and Najee. And he made sure he threw Najee in there are doing exactly everything that's being asked of them. So you can't complain about the running game. For me, and we'll talk about the offensive line here shortly. For me, I look at this, just the box score, and I see Najee Harris, 16 carries. Benny Snell, 6. And yes, you have Jalen Warren only had one carry, and you throw in the jet sweeps and Kenny Pickett. Najee Harris was the bell cow back, but it it didn't really feel like it. It, At least for me. I mean, he was in there the majority of the time. He saw a lot of snaps, but... I, I just thought that the, the Steelers are utilizing their backs and their running game in a very unique way. They're using Kenny Pickett's legs. I think Kenny Pickett is being smart with when he runs the ball. Najee Harris, as everyone's saying in the live chat, looked like Najee Harris that we saw last season where he's breaking runs. Looks like he stopped for three, finds a way to get two, three more yards. Like This is just great to see. Crazy this, stiff arm. Yeah, so another fantastic <laughs> stiff arm. Not as good as the one against the Raiders last year, but it was a, a good yeah. stiff arm nonetheless. But it, it's this is the calling card. This is the recipe for success right here. What do we always talk about? Limit pickets, attempts. What does he have? 28. Run the football. They run it 37 times for 154. Don't turn it over. Check, check, check. And the Steelers win another football game. But let's talk about the offensive line before we leave the offense altogether. Dave, what do you like about the Hogs up front? No sacks, 150 yards rushing. Felt like you could do what you wanted to do on offense. Um, yeah, I, 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 they never showed the false start. They said it was on Dan Moore. One of the Steelers beat writers said it was actually on Kevin Dotson. I, they said the wrong number. I, I don't know. Um, there wasn't a hold in this game, was there? Um, there was an illegal hands to the face. Um, what wasn't there with yes. on, on, on one, um, I gotta look back. Did they reinforce that once once it was overturned? I believe they did. Okay, yeah, but that 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 was the change in the in everything. So, yeah, I I I love what the, as as a unit as a unit what they were doing. Um, I this was my biggest fear coming into the season. I've said it many times that is every play going to be like, Oh my goodness, what can you do with no offensive line? And they, and they did it. So that was, I, I Chooks missed one play. He was, other, he's been the only one now other than Cole that's missed a play this season. I do believe. Um, but I, I, I'm really happy with what, what they did in this game. Brian, you already talked about the offensive line a little bit. Anything you want to add? I'm just going to go simple. They are no longer the Achilles heel of this team. And if they are still the Achilles heel, 
then I'll take it because I love the way they're playing. And I'm going to, I've been really hard on Dan Moore Jr. lately. And I was always hard on Chuk Sakura for heck way back when I thought Marcus Gilbert sucked for the first couple of years. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I was wrong about that one. I hope I'm wrong about Chuk's. And right now I think he's proving me wrong. Like Dan Moore Jr. He is a, uh, He's a warrior. I will give him that. And he played a whole lot better in this game this week. And remember, we haven't talked about this in this game for any aspect of the Steelers that we were talking about. This was a stay week. This was a short week. Yeah. I was going to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. And then I, I give Brian a lot of props because, you know, Brian, you know, he'll say some crazy stuff. But if he's wrong, he'll say I made I was wrong and he'll go back. And then some a lot of people in today's day and age never want to admit that they're wrong. Brian kudos for that uh, <laughs> but you. think back to the preseason even when we came out of the preseason what, what was the narrative it doesn't matter what quarterbacks back there they're gonna get killed anyways and that's what everyone thought james daniels completely whiffing on blocks it was concerning i'm not gonna lie it was concerning this has become a really good group not great but a really good group and if they can stay together stay healthy then that's that's really really good stuff all right, so on the audio side, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear from our sponsors. However, on the Facebook, YouTube side, we'll be right back after this break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. All right, Steeler fans, we are back. The post-game show talking about the Steelers' 19-16 win over the Atlanta Falcons in Week 13. And it's time to talk about the defense, the one part of the defense that was just absolutely atrocious was the rush defense, and that's where I want to start. I want to start with the rush defense. Why? Because the Atlanta Falcons ran the ball right down their throats to the tune of 146 yards on 28 carries, averaging 5.2 yards per rush. Is it Cordero? Cordero. Cordero. There you go. I don't know. Cordero Patterson had 11 for 60, 5.5 average. Uh, Tyler Algier, 10 for Mm -hmm. 52, 5.2 average. Mariota, 3 for 17, 5.7. And Caleb Huntley, 4 for 17, 4.3. They had a long rush of 22 yards. Uh, Dave, we talked about this a lot. The running defense was rough. What were your thoughts? My thoughts were, I, I I agree with Coach Tomlin, and that was kudos to Atlanta, understanding your offensive line is good, your offensive line can get push. The no joke, the Falcons rushed for twenty eight yards in the first half on six carries, twenty eight yards, 
six carries in the first half. Now, the Steelers were controlling the ball, the time of possession, but they came out in the second half, and it was just like another kudos, one Jeremy Betts on the All Bets Are Off segment on, on the Let's Ride podcast on Friday, saying Atlanta won't give up on the run. Not only did they not, they, they didn't even, they weren't giving the run much of a chance in the first half. They realized that they needed to come out and run the ball in the second half in order to try to grind their way back into this game, and they did. They were getting great push. They were doing a good job. I'm not, I've had, I got to go back and watch a little bit better. I don't feel like it was the Steelers were doing a terrible job. They just weren't winning compared to the Falcons. I feel like that's why the Falcons rush offense is one of the best in the league coming in. That's exactly why they didn't give up on it. Did the Steelers need to be better and, and still be able to come through and make the plays? Absolutely. So you expect there to be some yardage when it came through at the end. I would have liked to have seen them keep them, you know, more under the 120 yard range when you're talking about an offense that runs the ball so much. So in all, I think the Steelers run defense was was lacking as one of the things as their biggest strength coming into this game. But it was also because Atlanta was doing a great job. Very well said. Brian, what are your thoughts on the run defense? Well, I don't want to rail too hard on these guys um, because, you know, I, I could really mirror almost everything that Dave Schofield just said there. I, I, I thought they were coming in. I thought this was how they were going to beat the Steelers. So I want to channel one of my favorites, and I've been doing this lately. And gosh, the guy lived in Atlanta for a long time. It's the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And all I have to say, <laughs> and I've got an APB out on Dave because the number he threw out was, I was all ready for this. 28 yards, baby. 28 yards, daddy. That's all <laughs> they gave to the Atlanta Falcons, daddy. And then they couldn't shut him down. But the, at the end, they did. <laughs> I just hope that replaces your yins or permanently. It is, That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I can, when Dave brings it down, and, and Brian as well talks about, you know, the, the Falcons, they did run the ball. They have a very good running offense. It's just so demoralizing, you know. It's just yeah, so demoralizing to watch a team move down the field and not throw a pass until I don't know Mariota hit their tight end on a third and short. They were going to go for it on fourth anyways, and they get into the red zone. I'm thinking. They, they, they can't stop the run. It's their their touchdown it drive, they ran it every play until the touchdown pass. Yeah, and, and that's that's where, it, for me, it, it it really is disheartening because, the, you know, the Steelers, I, I guess maybe it's just a Steelers thing. Brian, go ahead. You know, Mike Tomlin referenced this in his press conference, and I had a laugh because he said, you know, the Falcons, they came back, the running game, they got tight. So, all right. So the rush defense, uh, you know, I do want to give props. If, if anyone listened to the post-game press conferences, I haven't heard all of them yet, but I did get to hear Cam Hayward's. Uh, you know, Cam was rocking the Ironhead Falcons jersey in his post-game press conference, talked about how emotional he was. They asked, have you talked to your brother Connor, uh, which we didn't even mention Connor's touchdown really too much in the offensive side of the podcast. But he said, I haven't really yet because when he scored, I was just – he said, I'm glad there wasn't a camera on me because I was really like just balling. And that's because and that's where he grew up because his dad played down in Atlanta. Uh, so want to give some props to Cam. It was pretty cool. He got the sack and then Connor scored the touchdown shortly after. It was a really cool uh, combination there. But uh, Tyler W gives us $5. His number six run defense is an illusion. 
caused by our pass defense being so bad. Don't need to run it when we give up the deep passes. I wish Watt was healthy. Uh, Watt, who uh, Mike Tomlin said after the game, was beat up pretty, I think, pretty beat up was the actual words that he said. Uh, I wrote the article. You think I'd know, but still, uh, you know, he's pretty beat up. He's dealing with a rib injury. The pecs probably not perfect. Uh, the knee, all that stuff, but still I think Tyler W you're also correct that the, the past defense is, is pretty rough, but they might move up a little bit this week after Marcus Marietta throws for 167 yards, 13 for 24 had one touchdown, one interception. Thank you. Minka. One sack for seven yards. The Steelers finished with quarterback, only three quarterback hits. But again, they're not throwing the ball that much. Only 24 no. attempts. It's tough. He finished with a 72.7 rating. What do you all think about the, we'll combine the pass rush and the pass defense together. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. All right. Well, just one thing to finish up the rushing thing. They remember they, they was frustrating to get it to 144 yards. They still held Atlanta under their average of 160. So when it came to the pass defense, I still think the biggest advantage was, and, and the Steelers, I think they played it this way. If Marcus Mariota was going to, going to beat them throwing the ball deep, they were willing to let that be what they were going to do. If he had to throw it deep to beat them, they were fine. And that's what they kind of were – I, I feel like there were times it felt like guys were open deep and, and Mariota wasn't hitting them. It's not like the Steelers were going up against the most dynamic passing offense in the league because they definitely aren't. But they did what they needed to do. And once again, it's kind of the opposite of what Tyler W was saying. They were the Falcons weren't passing the ball. I mean, they really were not passing the ball. In the second half, they threw eight passes. They threw eight passes in the second half. They caught four of them, and Minka Fitzpatrick caught one. <laughs> Sorry. It's kind of as if they in the first half they were uh, like, hey, what if we trick them and we come out and throw the ball? You know, well, like maybe this. they were looking into maybe, the Steelers being a bad yeah, pass defense. Think about like 05 <laughs> AFC divisional game when no one thought the Steelers were going to come out with uh, Ben Roethlisberger and slinging the ball around, and he did. It's almost like then they went in half and like, what the hell are we doing? Like, why don't we just run the ball down their throats? And mm -hmm. then they see success. But still, hey, the Steelers find a way. Brian, what were your thoughts on did Dave? Did you get to answer the first initial question well, about which the was, pass about the pass defense and pass rush? I think mean, you kind of I didn't say anything I, I really about the pass rush, but I said bottom line is there was a lot of pass defense correct in the second half. And that and that it I don't think the Steelers were overly scared by their passing game. Yeah. Brian, your turn. What do you think? I'm going to throw some kudos. If we're going to throw kudos at Matt Canada, I'll throw kudos at Terrell Austin. They knew that they were going to have a tough time against the defense. They knew they were, they knew that they were in a position where the defense could, you go ahead and sit back and if they throw, they can be ready for it, but not, uh, not be too worried about it. I thought they played a really good game on defense altogether. The passing defense was good. And when you come up with your superstar, one of your superstars, excuse me, but the superstar of the secondary coming up with a pick six, uh, not a pick six, excuse me, coming up with the pick at the end of the game. A lot of people thought it should have been a pick six. Well, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, why even give the team a chance to touch the ball again? And then if something crazy happens and then they get onside kicking, but why not just keep it in your own possession? It was, it, it was a smart play, but I would have liked to have seen the extra, yeah. the extra seven points. We all would have loved to have seen <laughs> it, but at the end of the game, you know, 
that W is the big thing. So, I mean, I, I thought a decent game on defense, despite a lot of the rushing yards. Remember, you know, the Steelers had the Steelers had all those field goals. You know, there's a lot of uh, field goals with coup in there as well. Mm-hmm. What was the final over under on the game? Anyone know? Was it I think it, and a half? I think it went up to 43 when I did okay. um all right did that so it was because if the touchdown would have counted it would have been a uh a 42 on the dot and that was uh, just really interesting because I'm sure there were some people that were uh really mad at me I make I make picks <laughs> with those kinds of things but honestly I don't do it enough to care I didn't yeah. I wouldn't care if this game would have been six to three 19 to 16 42 to 41 you ultimately want the win but you want to see good things in the win and you can see it I think um with, with this game while also seeing what places to grow I do want to give, say that you know Drake London finished six of ninety six receptions on eleven targets for ninety five yards. I didn't realize he had that much. Kid's going to be a good, oh, he's, good receiver. He's basically all they had. Yeah, he's going to be in the a passing good game for sure. Uh, just to highlight some defensive statistics here: Minka Fitzpatrick finished seven tackles, five solo, one tackle for loss, a pass defense, obviously, and an interception. Levi Wallace, Levi Wallace, the second leading tackler with six total tackles, three solo. Miles Jack, six for two. Uh, in terms of quarterback sacks, the Steelers, it's here. Um, who had it? Cam? Cam. Cam. The lone Only sack, sack in the game. Sack. Ugh. Uh, okay, so let's talk about special teams because we need to talk about special teams. Matthew Wright, four for four on field goals, one for one on extra points. But I think it was Dave that mentioned earlier Matthew Wright's kickoffs were just fantastic in terms of direction distance limiting patterson in the return game but big press our boy big press he only has to punt the ball twice and was there anything prettier than the punt with it i'm sure a lot of Steelers fans were like kick the field goal and now they decide to punt pin them deep and it's like that beautiful little wed wed shot in golf that just checks right next to the hole for a tap in birdie Guys, what did you think about special teams? Dave, we'll start with you. Well, I said it before when it was coming. And if the I said, well, that third down play, if they run, I'm like, if they pick up four yards, then you can think about the field goal. Um, I'd rather than pick up the first ga- down and end the game. I said, but if it's the same thing and 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 a picket was wisely went down, even though it was, I'm pretty sure it was a one-yard loss on the play. Um, but it wasn't a sack because it was a run play all the way. That um I felt that the punt was the smart move because the last thing you wanted to do was give them that good field position. If you don't hit from what was it going to be 53 or 54 that could they could the, do, do you really think that Atlanta throwing the ball could move it even 80 yards? Well, I mean, it wouldn't have needed 80 if it was a 20. That, I mean, could they have moved it the the 50 yards that they needed in that amount of time, let alone that they pinned them back at the two-yard line? Um, I I thought that was the wise thing to do before they even made the decision. Um, I'm glad that they did. But what's even better is that they executed. The big thing was is you can make that decision to punt all you want. But if you don't execute it, and they executed it greatly, um, Matthew Wright, like I said, it wasn't into the, it wasn't touchbacks every time, but he kept it away from Patterson. Patterson lined up on one side, he went the other way. The, when he went to Patterson, is when you, he, but he was coming up shorter. You kick it over his head. I, th- I thought all those were a nice job. Brian, thoughts on the special teams? 
Well, I'm going to say, let's just uh, fast forward to the uh, the exit interviews at the end of this year. And I could see Danny Smith come in and, hey, Mike, Mike, I'm just going to tell you, remember that Atlanta game on December 4th? You got to keep me around. And that's it. That's, that's all that's going to happen. Um, so, look, uh, full disclosure I had to leave at the two minute warning to go pick up my kid. So I had to do dad duty. So I did not see the punt. Oh, I did not oh. see Minka yet. And I'm going to, cause I have it, but my gosh, Hillgrove and Wolf were on point today. They, they were just perfect. And I feel like I saw everything the way they called that. And Hillgrove said something. He said, man, if I could get a chip shot like that, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be playing professionally on Saturdays and Sundays, you know? So, and he just said how perfect that was. No, I I thought really, you know, a good game all the way around on the special teams. I rail on them a lot and you know, I do this week, no problem, but coach. mm, mm, mm. Yep. That's what he's going to, he's going to, he's going to not let anybody forget this. Well, I don't know if the Steelers are going to need Matthew Wright anymore because technically Chris Boswell could come off the injured reserve. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is the fourth game. Well, remember, he missed a game, but he wasn't on IR that first game. Tomlin brought it up. Tomlin said, hey, that's for next week. Yeah. yeah. So did, did he miss the Philly game? That's what I'm trying to remember. No, he got put on injured reserve, I think, over the bye. Yeah, well, because everyone thought, oh, he's coming back because they got rid of Skiba, and that wasn't what it was. Right. So uh, then he went on IR. So I think he he could be coming back this week. Depends on the groin, but still, Matthew Wright's living right. Any any guy that can bank him in off the uprights two weeks in a row is doing something right. Whatever you're doing, Matthew, keep doing it because you're living right. Uh, But no, Presley Harvin's punt, that was a thing of beauty for sure. And, And you have to credit the... The guys going down the field too, like Miles Boykin, who's smart enough to reestablish himself out of the end zone before touching the football. Like you can't make those stupid, dumb mistakes that some teams make with the heels on the goal line or something like that. Just a beautiful sequence there with the Steelers' offense really using up a lot of clock. They pin them deep at the two. Next play, interception, game over, victory formation. It was a really great way to end the game. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this win in. Uh, more of a global fashion. The Steelers are now five and seven. They come back to Acroshore Stadium and they host the Baltimore Ravens in week 14, who could be without Lamar Jackson after he left the game uh, against the, the Broncos. They won the game, I think 10 to nine. Uh, they could be facing a, a Lamar Jackson less Ravens team. Where's your mind right now? Just curious after this win heading forward, Dave, go ahead. Well, you know where my mind is. I, I alluded to it earlier. I said it to you. Um, off air that the, the Steelers needed to go at least three and one in the third quarter. So they didn't sweep the AFC champions from last year and, and they ended up going one and one against Cincinnati, but they still went three and one, won the games they needed to win otherwise. And now they have themselves in a situation that if that Baltimore comes into Pittsburgh regular week, regular rest, if the Steelers find a way to win this one, you can then talk about how things are going forward. I've said the biggest game they have all season is the next one. This one really is the big one. They've been building, but but they had to get to this point to still be 
you know, a, a team that hadn't lost eight or nine games by the time they're finally playing Baltimore. This one is a big one. I don't know if they could come back and make any kind of noise in the division. It, I mean, right now, Cincinnati's up 14 to three on Kansas City. So I don't know if anything could happen there. And like Baltimore did pull one out today by the one point. Um, Denver missed a, was short on a really long field goal with this time expired. But I'm not as much worried about that as the Steelers. If they could find a way to, to, to get to nine wins, the only way you're getting there is by defeating the Baltimore Ravens the first time you face them because they're the, they're the only team left on your schedule that has a winning record. So the first time you face them at home, none of the rest matters if you can get that one. Brian, where's your, where's your head right now with the Steelers? My head's uh, in two different places, and that's a good place to be because right now I'm still looking at the fact that, you know, some of the teams ahead of them for the draft pick won, so that's good news. So they didn't kill themselves by winning, but you want them to win. You don't really want to care about a draft choice. You want to not only be doing a tanking guide next week, you want to do a rooting guide for the playoffs. And now, and we were talking a couple of weeks ago, now you start looking. If, if they win a few in a row and they get to maybe two in a row and you get to the point, like Dave said, you get to Baltimore and you get past Baltimore, then all eyes are on those other teams that are uh, looking for a wild card. And you have an opportunity to do that. What happens if you... Uh, Baltimore's not perfect. And Dave said something, and I don't know if you brought it up just now, but you said it also offline. You said, you know, you'd rather have a Lamar that yeah. is weakened. Did you just say that? No, I didn't say it here. I said it to us before we started. Okay. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather have a hobbled Lamar to go of, of who you're going up against and, than, than the, than Huntley. And, and here's the thing with that, you know, yeah, I would take a hobbled Lamar too, but we're going to be looking at it. Um, Wang Harbs came out today and said, this is not season ending. This is days to weeks. So to me, days to weeks kind of means weeks. So I have a feeling that you're not going to see him, but you you won't know until last minute, but you have the luxury to prepare for Huntley just like you, almost like you would prepare for Lamar. And so looking forward one week at a time, but I'm looking both ways now. And I'm thinking, I think I'm going to have to put an art, another article on the, the ledger this week and uh, put more on my agenda and on my plate because now I'm looking, well, there could be hope if this happens and this happens and this happens here. Yes, yeah, so something Dave said, I can't remember when he said it, but he said, all I want is that when they show the AFC playoff picture, it says in the mm -hmm. hunt and the Steelers are there. Nice. Yeah. They are there. They're finally at five and seven. They are going to be on there and they've won two games in a row. So any six maybe, and seven, they're yeah. definitely there. Six and seven beat the Ravens. You're you're going to yeah. have your but name there. None of that mattered. They They had to win the last two games to get there. So that's why you had to stay focused on those. And I don't want to like, you know, crap on this game, but ultimately it's freaking Ravens week starting right now. Yes, it is. And for those through the three of us on this screen, or you're listening to in your car or in your headphones, we live in this damn state and it means more <laughs> this Ravens week than any other week. These two weeks, the Steelers haven't lost to the Ravens since 2019. So let's keep that streak going. That's one I'd love to see and win three in a row, but all right, let's do some final thoughts before we get out of here. Dave, go ahead. 
Well, you basically brought up everything that that is my final <laughs> thoughts. Were the Steelers perfect today? No. Were they playing an opponent that that is that that might not have been the strongest opponent that they could face? No. But they did enough to win the game. If you're going to have games that you settle for field goals and not touchdowns, you still want that to be in in a winning effort. Next week. They've got to to do a better job of finding the touchdown zone. They are back at Acrisure Stadium. Things are going to be loud and crazy. It's a one o'clock game. I don't think they're moving the moving the the, the game to, like they wouldn't move it all the way. So I think they're going to have to. They would have already had to move it to four twenty five if they're going to. So it's it's when God intended football to be played in the NFL. So they will be playing at one o'clock. Ooh, and and this is this is just a really big week. What's also interesting is now the Steelers, there's the possibility that the Steelers might have ended the Marcus Mariota um, time in Atlanta. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick might have put a bow on that one because they head into their bye week and they have a rookie quarterback that they might be interested in seeing what they can do. The only thing changing there is is the fact that they are they, they are still right there in their division because their division is so terrible. Imagine right now the Steelers could be right there in the division if they were in the NFC South. But it, it, it is what it is. I'm happy. I'm excited. They they got to find. I think they can beat this Baltimore team. I, the question is, will they put it together in the way that they could? I'm already looking forward to that one. Bring it on, Brian. Final thoughts. Go for it. You know, I said at the beginning when I did the whole diving board thing and Roddy Dangerfield and the triple Lindy and all that. You know, it, it, this is this is kind of a two a.m. game, but it's a different kind of two a.m. game, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because usually. In 2 a.m. games, you have to come back, you get right and scratch, and you get back in and you're not proud of it. Now, I'm noticing something that the Steelers have been doing this season when they do win games. If they have to hold on to a lead, they're holding on to the lead. They might, they might lose it for a little bit, but guess what? They know how to come back. They don't completely lose the grip on the game. So one thing that we have not heard from anybody in the media, we didn't say it, the fans haven't said anything about it, is they're playing down to their competition. No, they're playing to their competition. They're just playing nameless gray faces right now. Next week, when they play the Baltimore Ravens, that's not nameless, that's not gray, that's black and purple. And that's the wang we know. And when you play the wang, you know, you, you know what you do? You rise up. And I'm really excited for next week's game. There's going to be like 17 renegades throughout that game. They, they are going to be up. And this is the kind of game that you find out who you are. You look in the mirror and the mirror looks back at you and go, that's right. That's who we are. They've just got to find a way to beat that Wang. I thought that he was going to say beat the Wang. (laughs) I knew that was coming. (laughs) The Wang is there and it gives you the opportunity. Yes, you beat it. Oh, just wait till the Steelers preview on Thursday night. (laughs) That'll be good. The Wang rises again. (laughs) I didn't even plan any of that. Okay. All right. It's Ravens week. The Steelers win the game so far since the buys. I mean, technically everyone says what you got to beat the Saints. You're, the Bengals are tough. 
You got to beat the Colts. You got to beat the Falcons. See what you do against the Ravens. There you go. That's exactly what's happened. It's Ravens week. It is Ravens week. Let's get psyched for that. Let's get geared up for it. Make sure behind the steel curtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Follow us on all of our podcasts, not just the ones that are live on YouTube and Facebook search Steelers or behind the steel curtain on any audio platform. You get my let's ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Dave stat geek on Thursday, Brian's bad language on Monday, as well as his here we go. Steelers show with Kevin Smith that I referenced earlier in the show. Check us out there as well. Steelers win 1916. Next week, we'll be back for another post-game show. Take it easy, everyone. We'll see you later. Everybody else gets a little tight. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.